Hello. Happy Thanksgiving to each of you, and I pray that your Thanksgiving day was blessed and joyful. Welcome to part three of Why Do I Always Talk About Covenant? You know, it's amazing as to how we do certain things so often that they become habit. These habits become routine and ritualistic in our daily lives. Washing our face and brushing our teeth are rituals that we do almost without thinking about them. That's okay for some things, but not so much for others. For instance, praying. Our time with God, although it's a part of our daily routine, in fact, for many, the first thing of our day, it should never become just a habit or ritual. Our moments and time with God should never just be something that we become so accustomed to or just take for granted. Yes, it's definitely presumed that it's a part of our day, but never in the fact that it's not an honored and reverential part of our day. Covenant for many is something that's not only taken for granted, it's not even thought about or considered. Our covenant with God has not been taught or emphasized enough for people to truly understand appreciate and honor it the way it should be. And because it's not, most are walking in broken covenant. When we truly understand covenant and the importance of it, we never look at our relationship with God the same. On Thanksgiving evening after dinner, my family and I were beginning to clear the dishes from the table and getting things straight in the dining room again. I don't even remember how the subject of covenant came up. I commented on whatever the question was and was ready to move on, not wanting to have the evening go into a place that might have changed the tone or momentum of the day. However, my 19-year-old grandson and 20-year-old granddaughter continued to question the subject. It was nothing planned or set up. It just happened I believe, is ordained by God. What an honor and joy it was sharing again with them on the importance, guidelines, and reality of covenant. To see them literally consume the requirements of, of covenant was amazing. They wanted to know, and I know it will make a huge difference in their lives. Covenant cannot be speculated upon, and therefore it must be taught to our children grandchildren, and all of our descendants. From Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, each generation acknowledged their own covenant with God. Every male born was circumcised, which indicated each son entering into his own personal covenant with the father, which continues in Jewish families even until today through the ceremony of Brit Malah, the covenant of circumcision. Until this day is passed from generation to generation in Jewish families and honored. Their children are taught concerning this covenant so that it can be understood. It should be no less with Christians through the blood of the lamb being passed on from generation to generation, not waiting for it to be taught as a Sunday school lesson, but as a part of our everyday walk with God. We tend to 
place focus on salvation, which is good, but our relationship with God is so much more than just salvation. I've seen so many people that will immediately run to the hospitals to lead the dying and the sinner's prayer, believing that that's all that's needed. I do believe that they will enter the kingdom of heaven, even if they receive Christ on their deathbed. I've seen people on the streets, and yes, I was one of them, witnessing to the lost to bring them to a saving knowledge. However, winning someone to Christ is a miss. It's wrong if you don't teach them covenant. In 2 Kings, when Israel was taken into captivity, there were other nations that were brought into the Jewish lands. However, lions began to kill the people that had been brought there. The servants of the Assyrian king went to him and said, the people that you have sent to the land of the Jews are being killed by lions because they don't know the ways of the God of the land. When we bring people into Christianity and don't teach them the ways of the God of Christianity, which is covenant, we're just setting them up to be eaten by the lion. Satan goes about as a lion seeking those whom he may devour. Selah. This is why so many Christians become lost and confused. This is why so many cannot win their battles over flesh because they're told that once they receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, everything else is going to be all right. They're never told or taught to understand that receiving Jesus Christ is a covenant that they're entering into. We tell them this lie from the pits of hell, and with those misleading words, we will win the loss and lose them just as fast. And it's all because we don't teach and introduce them to a true and complete covenant life with God. The same way we realize that we can no longer just suppose that all of our family members will always be there, neither can we just suppose that our covenant with God will always be there. It's not something paltry or trifling. Once covenant with God is broken, then there is nothing else that is really right in one's life until it's renewed. There was a price, a large price to pay for the covenant we walk in today. If a person pays a hefty sum for an item, let's say for their vehicle or their home, they take care of it. A responsible person will have the oil changed, tires checked, and regular maintenance done on, the, done on their vehicle. The homeowner will repair breaks or damages to their home. They'll try to keep insurance, keep the yard clean, cut the grass, fix the roof when necessary, and do whatever repairs need to be made. They don't just expect that their home or vehicle is always going to stay new or just be there without maintenance. They realize that it must be taken care of and attended to. The thing about maintaining a home or vehicle is that it's done because the owner of those things loves them. Have you ever seen a young person with their first car or truck? They wash and wipe on it just about every day. I remember when my son brought his first vehicle and the care he took with it. But next he brought a Maxima. 
And it was ridiculous the way he cared for it. It was because he loved those cars. So it is with the covenant that Jesus paid his blood for. Remember, no covenant was cut without the shedding of blood. We must be aware and care for it with the knowledge and appreciation that it cannot be mishandled or abused in any way. And it all should be because we love him with our whole hearts and our whole souls to dishonor, taint, mistreat or misuse our covenant with God in any way is to break it. But such care cannot be taken concerning covenant if we don't know covenant or understand it as we should. I don't know of one Christian denomination that doesn't take communion. Communion is defined in the Strong's Greek, Greek dictionary as fellowship, joint communication, intimacy, or even intercourse. When we take communion, we are not communing with one another, although we can, and for the most part, we do partake in the celebration of communion jointly. However, our communion is actually supposed to be a time of joint communication and intimacy with Christ himself. It's at that time that we are remembering the sacrifice that he made for us. Most of the time communion is taken in church with the reciting of the scriptures from 1 Corinthians 11, 24 through 25. However, how many actually really stop to think and remember what he did without presumption? Yes, we know that he took 39 stripes on his back for our healing, and by his stripes we were healed. Yes, we know that he took the curse upon him when he died and all the rest. But do we stop to realize the true meaning and value of covenant relationship with God? Do we stop to realize and remember what the blood covenant is calling for from us, from our standpoint? Again, is one of those situations where so many think that everything is for our benefit. We're just these people that God loves so much that he gives us everything if we just go to church on Sundays. As stated in the previous episode, there are those that wouldn't even tithe if they didn't think they'd get something tangible out of it. They want the devour rebuked. And they definitely want the windows of heaven to be opened with that blessing being poured out. It's so unfortunate that tithing has to be taught with the idea of something for the individual tither being attached to it. It's always a what's in it for me situation. And that is not how it's supposed to be. How many churches have developed the ritual of pronouncing the blessings when they give their tithe and offering? Checks in the mail, rebates and refunds, etc., etc., etc. Is that truly the only reason we give God what's His? And remember, before I shared this with you, I had to eat the whole roll. I had to receive this into myself for myself before I could give it out of myself. 
Remember, God's covenant is a covenant of love. The same way I'm sharing this podcast with each of you through love is the same way God shares his word and blessings with us through love. I'm not saying these things to shame or chasten us. No, just the opposite. Again, I had to learn these same lessons the hard way. I had to learn that I didn't give my tithe because I was going to get something back or even because I had to. I learned to give my tithe the same reason God gives to me, love. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God's covenant is a covenant of love. I cannot say that and repeat it enough. God's covenant is a covenant of love. We cannot take communion lightly. It's not a matter of showing up the first Sunday or whatever Sunday is designated by your church or denomination to make sure you take your communion. You see, that bread, cracker, or grape juice won't matter if you don't understand and walk in covenant. For the most part, if we were to go to the average Christian and ask what communion is, they will immediately say that it represents the body and blood of Christ. And that's true. However, most probably, that's the farthest they can take it. They couldn't tell you that it's to remember that through his body and blood that our covenant with God has been reestablished. They could not tell you what that covenant means. However, having a covenant won't make a bit of difference if we don't adhere to the entire covenant. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of him. We must remember what he did, his death, burial, and resurrection didn't just bring us to a place where we can go to heaven. It's not even a matter of the grace that covers us. His blood brought us back into covenant with God. It brings us back to where he's the greater and we're the lesser. He's the Lord and we're the vassals. He's the stipulator of the covenant and we're the believers. God makes the conditions and we follow them. There are no negotiations. And yet too many, far too many, either don't understand the importance of covenant or they've forgotten and now treat covenant with disdain. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So what is it about him that we're supposed to remember? What should we remember? We must remember that he's the lamb of God, God's chosen sacrifice. Whenever there was a covenant cut, there was a sacrifice, the killing of an animal, the shedding of blood between two parties. We must remember that there is a pact by blood between us and God in which we do all that he commands because we love him. Let's go back to tithing. In Malachi 3, when God told Israel that they were robbing him, he was telling them that they had broken the covenant with him. Tithing is part of the covenant we have with God. We must give back a part, a tenth 
and an offering of what he has given us if we want to walk in unbroken covenant with him. But that's just a small part of the covenant. And that's why it's so important that we study God's word and not look at it as though it's just a book to read or to preach from or a source of encouragement to make us happy and feel good. We need to look and see the Bible, the old covenant and new covenant for what it actually is, which is the knowledge of our covenant with God that we are supposed to adhere to. When taking communion, the representation of the body and blood of Christ, we must remember not just his promises to us, but our commitment to him. If the only reason we serve God is because of what we will get, then we are no more than prostitutes and harlots. It means that we are no more than Gomer, the wife of Hosea. When the movie The Passion was made, I didn't see it, didn't want to, and still haven't. I don't care for so-called Christian movies and never did. I don't like it when movies will have Abraham speaking words from Song of Solomon while the whole thing is a bunch of confusion and twist on the Bible to entertain man. But of course, for those that don't know the Bible, they would never understand or be aware of those bloopers. Nonetheless, when the movie The Passion was released, so many people that did see it were moved to tears by the suffering of the character who played Christ. I must wonder if they understood that it wasn't the suffering itself that Christ went through for us so much as it was the purpose for the suffering. It wasn't the fact that Christ suffered, but why he suffered that we need to remember. Luke 22, 19 through 20 reads, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant of my in my blood. Excuse me, let me read that again. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus was saying and still says to us, remember the covenant. There's so much more to covenant other than what we see and live. There's so much more that our Father wants us to see and receive through our covenant relationship with him. Justice in a marriage. It's not just for one spouse to be pleased and happy. If only one is happy, then obviously the other one is unhappy, which makes for a miserable relationship. God wants us not only to be happy, but joyful. However, if the focus is only on our joy and what we get, then we haven't fulfilled our part of the covenant in pleasing the Father. Obeying God with our whole hearts and our whole soul is our part of the covenant. And that's what makes our Father pleased with us. And yet, God has ordained his covenant with us to favor us. He's created it in a way 
that as we obey him wholeheartedly, it will bring us even more joy. Psalms 35, 27 reads that God delights in the prosperity of his people. When studying that passage of scripture, it means that God takes pleasure and he's pleased with our contentment and friendship, especially in covenant relationships. Selah. Pause and think about that for a while. Let each of us live the lives that are pleasing to God, not in the way that we think will please him, but in the way that he has ordained will please him. We must know, understand, and walk in covenant relationship so that all we do will be pleasing unto the Father. And remember, it's not for what we will get, but simply because we love him.